I'm so thankful that I can look at it and not be afraid of the God that is quote unquote behind it all. Right. I have absolutely no fear of this thing that I used to worship because it's become so obvious to me that if there is a God out there, it would not behave like that. The best New Year's resolution that you can make right now is to keep looking forward because that's where change is going to happen. You can't change what happened in the past. You can't change past situations, past problems. All of those things are set in place where they are, but the future is not set. So that's where you need to be looking at this point. Keep educating yourself. Get smarter about the things that they try so desperately to get you to believe. Continue building your own counter-apologetic. It's important. Become more confident in your ability to argue the counterpoint. Logic, reason, and fact are always easier weapons than emotion and opinion will ever be. Welcome to Unbound, a podcast for new atheists and lifetime atheists, ex-evangelicals, truth seekers, and free thinkers. There is life after faith. And life here is good. It's time for a new perspective and a better conversation. I'm Spider. And I'm Shell. And it's time to get unbound. So yeah, a week late. But I do think that everyone had their holiday things going on. And the week between Christmas and New Year's was just really crazy around here. (sighs) I figured, you know what? Give people a chance to make and abandon their New Year's resolutions (laughs) and then come back with this. Because it's this time of year again, the time when most people make those resolutions and forget about them pretty quickly. Well, probably by now. I mean, eight days in, most people have forgotten about them by now. And how many people make resolutions with the intent to keep them? We make them because it's a thing to do. Right. And whether we have good intentions or not, they don't always work out. Mm -hmm. They usually don't work out. And that's why I'm not a fan. But when it comes to the bigger picture, I think that there are things that we can, quote unquote, resolve to do that actually benefit us, benefit the world around us. And for the last two years, we've gone over some of these things. And and here we are back with New Year, Know You 3.0. Not New Year, New You, because, I mean, we're all the same people that we were. Yeah. We just keep hopefully evolving, changing, getting to know ourselves a little bit better every year. So that is, that's why I call this first or slash last episode of the year, however it winds up panning out, (laughs) new year, know you. And this is, uh, this is our third installment. Yep. And I think that we have a lot of good things for us all to think about as we go forward here. Before we get into this annual inventory of where we've been and where we really want our lives and experience of life to really go. I want to talk about the future of the show. And I've had time to think about this now. And honestly, it's been frustrating because I know what I want to do and I know what I am capable of doing. And the problem is you really sort of kind of have to go with what you're capable of. Right. You have to be realistic about these things. When we started this show... I was working in a medical marijuana dispensary that turned quickly into a medical slash recreational marijuana dispensary, and it became less fun and less rewarding over time. And, and that's and that is putting it really, really, really yeah. lightly. Okay, I remember I I actually listened back to a couple of the earlier episodes where I talked about this and the Bible College episodes in particular, where. 
I was talking about how at close to 50 years old at that point, I barely had a career. We were struggling like crazy. And now fast forward about three years and it's amazing all of the changes that have taken place around here. The way that uh, things have evolved and the unlikely ways that a lot of these things have evolved. And as time has trundled on, the time that I have to devote to this has diminished considerably. And now, I mean, I went from working in a dispensary, making less than $15 an hour, which is officially illegal in Massachusetts now, Yeah. to actually seeing the door open to having my own business, which is major. Oh, yeah. It's really, really major. And the changes that have come along with that are also major. And I know that my focus needs to be on the things that keep the bills paid. But I don't want this to go away, like we talked about before. Right. So what is 2023 going to look like for this show? Well, I want to take deeper dives on some of the topics that we cover. Because with just a week to do research, I think that we managed to put out a good product with this. Right. But I feel like I, I've always felt like certain things that we've delved into could have been done better. So I want to take the deep dive on some of these topics and really, really, really pull back the curtain on them. And I want to have the time to research and produce something more comprehensive with our main topics. And uh, there have been topics that I've had in mind for a long time that just seem too overwhelming to research in a week. Right. So I want to slow the pace and deliver some episodes that have real meat to them. So in 2023, Here is the plan. This is what the show is going to look like going forward. Right. And let me preface this by saying I'm relieved that I have this roadmap because it was it was a sticking point for me for a while and a source of stress. And I never want this to be a source of stress. I want it to be something that I can be proud of, that I can look forward to. And when you reach a point where you're just stressed out because there goes your weekend, because now you have to do this, it makes it less motivating. And I didn't want to lose my motivation. So I think this is going to work out well. The way we're going to be working things going forward is that we're going to be doing one full-length main episode each month with a specific topic that is researched out and presented in a more comprehensive way. Right. And then we're going to be doing our weekly Christians Behaving Badly mini-sodes. 15, 20 minutes max. That's about as much as I can handle on a weekly basis, but I want to get in front of my audience every week. And I do think that this is a good way of doing it for a couple of reasons. First off, it helps us to remain timely and relevant. And that's what I'm really hoping for here is to keep bringing that timeliness, relevance, and uh, social impact aspect of this every single week. And I think that if we just focus on what's going on in the world out there and how evangelicals are trying to influence things and making sure that people are informed, that is going to accomplish that task. And it's going to mean a lot less time doing research, writing out show notes and all of that. We can get this done. I can literally get this done in a day, record, edit, and publish pretty much in a day. And that's what I'm going for here. Right. We'll also be doing some special editions when we have the time. Usually these are going to be our movie episodes, probably not one a month, but probably a few over the course of the year. I have my crosshairs set on a couple of them, like Jesus Camp. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Becky 
I said before we're coming for you, and we are. <laughs> so be prepared because you know not the day or the hour. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, so, but yeah, special editions when we have the time. And just because I have such an affection mm-hmm. for the time of year, my goal is to still produce a full month of episodes for Unbound October. Yes. And I've already got the cogs turning for what I want to do this year, and I think it'll be fun. Yeah. And I think that having the extra time to do research for everything else throughout the year is going to make these episodes extra, extra good when they come out too. Right. So what will we be covering with our main episodes? Well, I'm not going to look too far into the future. I have a few things mapped out. I have a little bit more than this mapped out in my head, but this is what I've settled on for the next three months. For the month of February, we're going to tackle the subject of homeschooling. Mm. And I know that there are different opinions about this out there. And I know that there are different reasons that people have for going this route with their kids' education. I'm not going to say that it's across the board pointless and useless. But I do think that a lot of parents go this route for the exact wrong reasons. Right. And mostly evangelical parents. They do it out of spite because they don't want their kids being taught this evil science and other things that they're going to be exposed to that might actually sway their thinking away from Jesus. Mm. So we're going to look at the subject from that perspective and do what we always do, present the pros and the cons, look at both sides. And if there are actual benefits, if there are actual positives, we will give them the floor too. Yeah. But you can tell already where my mind is about this one. (laughs) Kind of. In March, I'm going to put together my episode on Japuza and the problem of evangelical sex abuse. Yeah. It's not just that organization. And with all due respect, I think it's high time we started shining a little bit more light on the fact that the Catholic Church has not cornered the market on this one. Yeah, no. It's a huge problem in evangelical circles. And we're going to do at least, at least an episode on this. You see, I'm also leaving room for the possibility of some of these expanding out into multiple episodes. And when that happens, I don't want to spend a month in between. So some months you might actually get a two-parter where we'll tell you come back next week for the conclusion of this or the next part of this. We may have more than an hour or so of content to devote to this and some of the other ones like april's topic is going to be the toronto and brownsville revivals of the 1990s looking at the psychology of it what the Mm. motivations really were how they managed to keep the momentum going for so long and that right there is about as far out as i have things set in stone for what i want to do from there we're just going to see what transpires i still want to cover purity culture so we may delve into that later this year and, you know, there's there's more that's running through my head that I'm, I'm just trying to make sure that I have the time and the resources to do right. But I think for right now, just covering Christians behaving badly and staying plugged in every week with what's going on out there currently will accomplish a lot of what we've set out to do with this show. And it will give us the chance to keep exposing the lunacy in real time yeah. with the help of some of the more high profile people out there. Some of the experts in this field, like Hemant Mehta, yeah, and and the others that just won't let these people get away with their bullshit. <laughs> and I'm in that camp. I don't want to just let these people get away with it. I want to pull back the curtain on it and make sure that as many people as I can tell about it know 
what's really going on out there and just the sheer levels of lunacy yeah. that exist with it. That's the upcoming year. For right now, I just want to get into this conversation and talk about where we've been in 2022 and where we should be setting our sights on going in 2023 in terms of personal growth, in terms of thought, in terms of education, in terms of how we approach various things that were related to this thing called evangelical Christianity and how things are changing how we're getting more and more unbound every day and staying that way. So let's just get into that conversation right now. You know, for a lot of people, 2022 was not a great year. Yeah. And I see it all over social media. There's just the opinions out there of what this year was like for a lot of people. I'm in the unique position of being able to say that my 2022 was pretty good. Yeah. But for a lot of people out there, dealing with $5 a gallon gas, $6 a gallon heating oil, and mm. all of the other things that have come along with this domino effect that started a couple years ago and just culminated with the, uh, the invasion of Ukraine, yeah. that's where most of this is coming from. That's where most of, the, of the, the price hikes with petroleum are coming from, because I don't think a lot of people quite understand how much oil we were getting from Russia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and when, when people think about oil, of course, they're thinking about OPEC and mostly Middle Eastern sources. But we get slash got a lot of our oil from Russia. Right. And we are in a position right now where those supplies are smaller because of this situation. And since I brought it up, Another interesting thing that I discovered here researching this, the worst events of 2022 all seemed to happen on the 24th of the month. It's <laughs> yeah. odd. It really is. February 24th, Russia invades Ukraine. May 24th, 19 children and two adults were killed in a shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde County, Texas. It was the deadliest shooting ever at a Texas public school, and it was one of 735 documented mass shootings in the United States in 2022. That's an average of just over two per day. Yeah. On June 24th, we saw the end of Roe versus Wade. Mm. And honestly, as horrible as that was, it also put to bed any notion of a red wave mm. in November. Yeah. So, you know... I'm not going to say that there was a bright side to it, no. but I do think that the people on that side of the political fence kind of shot themselves in the foot doing it the way they did it and doing mm -hmm. it when they did it. Yeah. Just waiting until after the midterms were over could have resulted in that red wave. But sorry, people, you pissed off a lot of people, mm. particularly women. Yeah. And when Helen Reddy sang, I am woman, hear me roar, you should have been listening. Yeah. Because they did. They roared all the way to their polling places and said, this is bullshit. Yeah. And they said it pretty loudly. I mean, it wasn't a complete victory, but it was a small victory. And we maintained what we had. So it's something. And I'm going to talk about politics a little bit more later. So I'm going to kind of ease my way out of that and take the conversation off of the world stage and bring it right into this little fireside chat that we're having about this past year. So how was your 2022 really? I mean, if you listen to social media, it sucked for everybody. 
But I don't think that's entirely true. I mean, we had a decent year. And I know there were people out there who made it through maybe even congratulating themselves for doing such a good job of keeping up with inflation and the cost of heating their homes and all of this stuff. What good things happened in your life? Because they were there. Even if you struggled through most of it, there were moments that were good. And I think I'm going to be able to shine a little bit of light on some of it if you haven't thought about some of these things already. I mean, I did. I had a great 2022. I'm just going to put it right, (laughs) right out there. I worked my ass off to get this business moving in the right direction. I was tired, but typically I felt pretty accomplished. And, you know, there's good tired and bad tired. Yeah. You know, good tired is when you've been doing what I've been doing for the past year and moving toward a positive goal. And then there's bad tired where you just sort of say, fuck it all and sit there on your couch and wait for the ball to drop, you know? (laughs) And I also feel very accomplished having kept up with the show until I got sick in October. I was doing a pretty good job of keeping up with things and making sure that things kept moving forward in the old way. But then once summer was on its way out, things just started happening around here. Now, keep in mind, I just said that I had a great 2022, Mm -hmm. but these things also happened. Okay. In three months time, I lost my dog. We had a huge health scare involving my wife Mm -hmm. and... I wound up doing battle with the kidney stone to end kidney stones. Yeah. And these things were difficult, but I still think that they each did something to add to the positives. Losing my dog taught me things about myself. It really did. It taught me things about loss in particular. It also was the first time that I experienced grief as an atheist. There were no thoughts about rainbow bridges. There were Mm -hmm. no thoughts about doggy heaven. He's gone. And that's that. And it was the first time that death touched me that closely when I had nothing to cling to except the logic of the situation. Right. And I did my best to make sure that his last days were comfortable, that he received all the affection that, uh, that I could muster, that it was conveyed to him that he mattered, that his pain mattered. And all of that. And what we finally wound up doing to relieve him of that pain. It was difficult, but we did him a kindness. In the end, we did him a kindness. Because he was just, he was completely, there was there was no way that he would ever have been mugs again. It was a difficult decision, but it was the right one. When Shell woke up that night, delirious, reminded me of the value that I placed on her. And what we have... Mm-hmm. And how fragile, how fragile it all is. Yeah. How it could all go away just like that. Mm. And it yeah, can. And that was another wake up call because I also know that there's, there isn't going to be any grand reunion there either. Mm-hmm. That our marriage will end with one of us dying and that's going to be the end of the relationship. And it's the end of it forever. So when we went through that, it was very, very scary, but it was also the first time that I had that I had to think about death, not and not just for for a dog. I don't want to downplay the value that Muggs brought to the equation because he did, but there's a big difference between your dog and your wife. Mm. Okay, so that instance was the first time that I was forced to deal with 
her mortality. And the, I don't know if I want to say probability, we'll just say possibility, that I will find myself without you eventually, mm. or that you will find yourself without me eventually, because it could go either way. And just the finality of it, and just thinking about it from a perspective that doesn't involve heaven or God or prayer or any of those things, I think was important because it helps me to understand a little bit better how things really work and how important it is to remain realistic in situations like that. Because oddly enough, there were instances over the course of the last year where I felt compelled to pray, but that night was not one of them. I was just scared to death that I was going to be alone. And when I got sick, it reminded me that I was mortal because believe me when I tell you, I was at a point where, and no, I didn't think that I had uh, gone Highlander or anything like that. I mean, I've always known that I'm mortal. What I mean by that is that I've always had this image of myself as being able to take care of my own shit and being able to make the changes that I need to make and crawling out of some of the deepest holes, financial and otherwise, that uh, I've managed to do over the years. But this time... I needed other people and it was a humbling experience for me to be in that place where the only things that I had to do in life were lay in that bed and wait for help and accept it and accept it graciously because I don't like having to be cared for. Yeah. I really, really dislike having to be cared for, but it taught me that not only am I very, very mortal, but that I also need to take a step back once in a while. And that's when we made the decision to start scaling it back with the show a little bit. Yeah. I don't like the idea of staying away for a month at a time. No. So I think this plan that we have in place is going to work out well. Mm -hmm. But all three of these things did something bigger for me still. And I'll tell you what that was in a few minutes. I kind of hinted at it. Mm -hmm. I kind of, um, I kind of spoiled it, but that's okay. I'm going to get into that subject a little bit more as we go on. Now, if your 2022 was genuinely shitty, you don't lose points for not having anything good to say because there were people out there that struggled and struggled big time Yeah. because inflation, gas prices, all of these things made it impossible for certain people to stay in their homes, to keep their homes warm in the wintertime, all of these things. And yes, it was, it was genuinely shitty for a lot of people. I get that and I respect it. I'm not going to try and put a Pollyanna spin on it for you. But what I will do is just ask you, what were your biggest challenges in the past year? And as you're thinking about that, I also want you to think about how many of those challenges you beat and how many of them beat you. Because I know that it can be a half and half thing. I know that it can be a 60-40 um, <laughs> It can be even be a, a twenty, an eighty twenty or ninety ten sort of thing mm-hmm. in the negative direction, and I get that. But if you think about it, and I know how cliched this is going to sound, and I know it might piss some people off, but at the end of the day, you're still breathing, you still have all of your senses, and you've either gotten through or you are getting through a lot of those things. So don't give up. Okay, the job that you need is out there. Gas prices are starting to come down a little bit. 
Eggs are about 50 cents a piece right now, which is kind of bullshit. <laughs> but with all the things that are still lined up against you, you've got a lot going for you. And the simple fact that you're learning how to take care of your own shit without mm-hmm. involving a god in the process that will only slow things down yeah. is altogether good. So I don't want to downplay anybody's plight, but good for you for taking responsibility for all of it and understanding that you're the only one that can make strides toward changing any of it because that's a very important place to be inside your head. And you know what? If you think about it, you took something away from every bad experience. Did you lose your job? Did a relationship end? Did your parents uninvite you to Christmas because they found out that you got unbound? Did you lose your house? Did you lose a loved one? These are things that a lot of people go through all the time. And some of them have more of an impact when you consider the socioeconomic climate of things right now. But here's the one thing that you need to remember. You got through it without a God and without prayer. Well, you know, maybe you were at least one for two. You did get through it without a God. Whether or not you caved in and prayed, you know, I don't know. I'm not inside your head. But I'm also not going to judge you if you did. Yeah. Because we all have those moments of weakness. I had mine when I was in the hospital. But fortunately, my rational mind stepped in and kicked that thought's ass right out of my head. (laughs) So... Maybe it's that easy for you at this point. Maybe it's a lot harder because you still kind of have one toe in the pool because you're not quite sure. And that is okay. What's not okay is continuously looking backward and not looking forward. And that's why we're having this conversation right now because it's time to start looking forward. If you've had trouble with this up until now, the best New Year's resolution that you can make right now is to keep looking forward because that's where change is going to happen. You can't change what happened in the past. You can't change past situations, past problems. All of those things are set in place where they are, but the future is not set. So that's where you need to be looking at this point. Now I want to move past the good and bad aspect of things. Well, sort of, because that's always going to kind of be a running thread through most of this anyway. But I want to know, instead of focusing on the negatives that happened this year, And maybe even in the context of those negatives, what did you do for you in the past year? Was it during the past year that you decided to stop going to church? Are you enjoying the time that has been liberated because of that? Are you enjoying not being guilted into giving away 10% of the money you earned and desperately need? How many times did you consider going back to church? Did you? That's okay. You didn't, well, good for you. You've taken a huge step forward. If you contemplated it and said no to it, that's a huge step forward. If you contemplated it and tried it again, how did that work out? How did your brain react to it when you went back? Are you still there? Or was it just this flash in the pan thing that you finally saw for what it was? How many times, I just talked about this one, how many times were you compelled to pray but didn't? You see, this is the point that I teased at before. With all of that stuff that happened last year, at least, even though the thought entered my head once or twice, I refused to revert to prayer 
as a quote unquote solution to any of those problems because I knew that it would solve nothing. Right. You know, I'm laying there in the hospital and I feel compelled to pray about my situation. Why pray when I've got the nurse call bell and I can talk to an actual person mm -hmm. and get the help that I need? Here's a big one. How many times did you have thoughts about hell and then sick your sense of logic on them? Yeah. You know, because for a lot of people, it's a weird, it's a weird sort of mental thing that people do with this one. Then evangelicals in particular do with this one. Think about the actual, and I've said this on, on a few occasions on the show before, but but it bears repeating. If these people really, really honestly and truly believed in hell, I feel like they would have to be mentally and emotionally tormented day and night at the thought of people that they love going through this thing right now. But the weird part is that they make excuses and concessions for other people when they're faced with having to decide what's happening to their loved ones right now and what's going to happen to them. Right. It can, it can to a certain degree, feel more real inside your own head as it relates to you. But as soon as one of your quote unquote unsaved loved ones dies, out come the excuses mm -hmm. and out comes the bargaining and out comes all of these loopholes that you're trying to make for them inside your head that would keep them from this awful thing. Because if you just resigned yourself to the fact that this is their existence now, I feel like it would just drive you crazy. Yeah. That's just the way that I see it. And along those lines, how many times did you hear about something stupid that some evangelical did, whether it was on this show or another atheist podcast or just turning on the news. And you sat there and thought to yourself, I'm so glad I don't think or behave like that anymore. Mm. I've had many, yeah. many, many of those moments over the past few years. But this year, I think, was one of the biggest. There, there were more examples of this in 2022 than I can think of going yeah. back even just a few years. Yeah, there were a lot. Yes, and I'm so thankful that my brain does that with what I see. I'm so thankful that I can look at it and not be afraid of the God that is quote unquote behind it all. Right. I have absolutely no fear of this thing that I used to worship because it's become so obvious to me that if there is a God out there, it would not behave like that. Yeah. It's just that simple. And, you know, since we brought it up, those of you who've been listening for a while, which story from Christians behaving badly pissed you off the most? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I could begin to catalog yeah, them. Yeah. There I were so many. Yeah, I can't rank them. There's just so much. You know, I think that for me, it was any and all things Greg Locke. Oh, God, yeah. He's infuriating. Yeah, it's just, I think that any of the stories that we did on him made my eyes roll more than most of them did. Yeah. And I think the other one that really got me was this whole crusade against libraries. Yeah. And trying to get libraries defunded because they dare to carry material that presents ideas that you disagree with. Yeah. That's the other one that really, really got me this Ugh. year. And whatever it was for you, all I can say is stay angry and keep your eyes wide open. You're right to be angry at this shit. And you're right to think about it the way that you're thinking about it. Because if any of that pissed you off, and it should, anything that you that you heard from the world of evangelical Christianity, if it pissed you off, good. Because that means that you are learning to think for yourself. And this is a very, 
very, very, very good thing. So this, oh God, this one, this one I think is tantamount important for everybody listening. What did you do to maintain or improve your mental health in 2022? Because just ditching religion can take you a few giant steps forward in that direction, but there's more to it than that. So what else? What have you done to keep things on an even keel inside your head? Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to that one in a couple of minutes. So I'm just sort of going to leave that lingering for a minute or two. Here's one that I have always struggled with a little bit more than I care to admit. Did you get better at letting go? Did you get better at letting go of the time that you wasted on this? Mm-hmm. Did you get better at letting go of the animosity toward the people that got you in and held you in, particularly your parents, if this was something that you were uh, that you were exposed to from the time that you were a week or so old? Have you gotten better at letting go of the anger at people? Because being angry at people in most contexts, and there are exceptions, but getting angry at people in most contexts is pointless because if your parents did that to you, it's probably because their parents did that to them. Right. And back and back and back as far as you can trace. And that's why I always say get angry at the system, but have mercy on the individual when it is warranted. There are individuals out there that know precisely what they're doing and don't deserve any concessions. Your average televangelist being at the top of the list and most conservative Republican politicians. <laughs> There are those people in groups of people that deserve your direct ire, but the person sitting in the pew next to you usually isn't one of them. So try and keep that in mind that some of them don't really have the choice as to what they're going to believe or what they're going to think because they've never been taught that there are other points of view out there or that those points of view actually have merit. Mm -hmm. So try and keep that in mind. Try to continue keeping that in mind. And try to let go of the animosity toward people. Because there are plenty of people that I can look at and say, well, they ruined my life in this way or, or the other. But what it boils down to is that I still had choices. Yeah. And even though I wasn't placed in a position of making good ones, the people that led me down those pathways that resulted in me not finding my way to the place in life that I'm at until I was 50 years old... They were not the ones directly responsible for it. It was the people who taught them to steer others in that direction that were responsible for it. And that goes so far back. There isn't a rope long enough to find those people to hang. Okay. (laughs) So you got to learn to let go of things and work on it day by day, person by person, situation by situation, make the conscious decision to just let go. And along those lines, did you get better at forgiving the people who got you into this and kept you in it for so long because that's important. Forgiveness is not always warranted, but don't harbor grudges with people over this thing. It's not worth it. Most of it has nothing to do with them and everything to do with what they were taught is right and what they were taught their commission was. Did you get any better with the idea that you are going to die? This is an important thing that we need to keep working toward because none of us likes the idea that 
all of these things that we've experienced, the life that we've had, the memories that we've cataloged, the experiences that we have had, that one of these days, it's all just going to go away yeah. without a trace. And there'll be no one left to remember any of it anymore. It's a tough pill to swallow. But only because we've been taught from the time we were small that there's something else out there. And not just from evangelical sources, mm -hmm. from many, 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 many secular sources as well that subscribe to this idea that we are something more than physical. Well, I'm sorry, but we are not. And I'll say it again, if I'm wrong and there is something out there after I die, number one, it's not gonna be anything that you can find in a book. And I feel like it will be a pleasant surprise to learn that there's more. Yeah. But I am not holding my breath. Yeah. I am living under the assumption that this is it. This is the only life that we have that we know of. So it is our responsibility to make the best of it right now. And getting better with the idea that you are going to die is the first step toward really seeing the world for what it is, seeing your world for what it is and your experiences for what they are. They're important because they are temporary. Right. So try and start thinking about it from that perspective. The things that we experience matter because they're finite and we owe it to ourselves to just stop and look around once in a while, just like Ferris Bueller told us, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Don't miss it. Mm. Take in whatever you can and enjoy your life on your terms because this is the only one that we know we get. How about your attitude toward church? Now, we talked about this a couple of minutes ago, but I want to think about it from the context of I miss it versus I'm glad I'm out. Where are you on that spectrum at this point? Are you all the way off in left field with I miss it, or are you firmly planted in I'm glad I'm out? Because for a lot of people, they remain somewhere in the middle for a while. Yeah. And that's because of the reasons that we have gone over many times before, and it really boils down to two key things. They miss the entertainment aspect of it, and they miss the community. And again, yeah. there are so many other ways that you can fill those voids. You do not have to keep resorting to this. So if you miss it, find things to replace it with. And if you're at the point where you're just sort of, I'm glad I'm out, good for you. Because again, you've taken a big step toward getting and staying unbound in your own life and in your own experience of things. Oh, now here is one of the more important ones on my list. What did you do during the past year to demand that your representative government actually represents you? I'm just going to come right out and say it. If you didn't vote in any of the elections, whether they were local or state elections, anything that would have given you a voice that you chose not to use, shame on you. And if you want to unsubscribe over that, be my guest. But you are part of the problem if you are not at least that involved in your participation in government. You need to vote. You need to do something to force these people to actually represent you. Because a lot of people in our government do not represent me. Oh, yeah. And I think that 
it's the responsibility of both sides to at least hear both sides and consider both sides, but that's not how it always works. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more in a couple of seconds too. I should have put this one and the church one together, but it is what it is. What did you do this year to facilitate being part of a community? It's getting a little bit harder to cry COVID these days. It's still a thing. It's still a threat. I'm not going to downplay the fact that it's still a threat, especially when I deal with an area where like only 40% of the population is vaccinated. Okay. I understand that the threat is still there. I also understand that between this year and last year, there were major differences in what I saw at the driving school. Yeah. Like this time last year, we had a bunch of students calling out because they all went to family gatherings and they all got COVID and now they can't drive. And one of them managed to infect one of my other instructors. And then in July, it affected me and another one of my instructors. But something interesting happened this particular holiday season. We did not see that same surge that we saw last year. The flu right now is a bigger threat than COVID. There's a lot more influenza going around than there is COVID, at least in the circles that I'm moving in. Your area, your town, your school, your whatever may be different. But I know that I'm starting to see things not really settle, but certainly decrease to the point where it's becoming safer for us to get together a little bit more and have that real-time, in-person kind of community experience. And with all due respect, if you're not inserting yourself into communities that are anti-vax and anti-mask and anti-anything that help their fellow human beings weather this storm, if you are not moving with that crowd, chances are you're moving with one that is responsible, where people have gotten their vaccinations and their boosters and their flu shots and are doing what they need to do to keep themselves and, and the people around them safe. Is it completely green flag? No, but you know what? It's going to be years before it's completely green flag. But it is getting safer and it is getting easier to find groups of people who it's safe to hang out with. So if you didn't take that step during 2022 because you were still afraid, consider it. Consider it for this year because I think that we all need that sense of community and we need to be willing to do what we need to do to keep each other safe. So surround yourself with like-minded people, people who have done what they need to do to stay safe and keep you safe because that's a much safer meetup than any red hat rally of any kind would ever be, (laughs) you know? And maybe you can't get away from those people. I mean, I know I can't. There's the, the attitudes of a lot of the people that I work with are just flat out wrong when it comes to anything related to COVID. Right. And I have my countermeasures to deal with that. So since we've kind of steered in the direction of the future now, I want to really aim the last part of this episode at 2023 and give you some ideas of goals that you can set or reset. Because let's be real, some of us might have caved on a couple of the things that we've talked about so far. And that's okay. Again, that is okay. The goal here is to stop looking backward and start looking forward. So let's see how we can do this just a little bit in the upcoming year. For starters, you can distance yourself further from the concept of church. 
if you haven't made strides to replace the things you went to church for, and that's that entertainment and community aspect that we just talked about, it might be time to consider at least trying. Yes, COVID is still out there, but it's more safe now than it was a year ago. And if you're moving in circles with like-minded people, you'll probably all or mostly be vaxxed and boosted, which makes things more safe. And smart people are way more fun to be around. <laughs> Period. Yes. They just are. Look back on... Here I am. I'm, I'm telling them to look back, but bear with me for a sec. Look back on the times when you had the choice between assuming responsibility for your situation and taking effective action to create change or meet your needs, or praying about it, and you chose the former. Thank yourself for being responsible and proactive and unaccepting of things that were within your ability to change. You replaced that job. You found a way to fix that bad situation. You mended that relationship. You went to the hospital when you knew that you were too sick to take care of yourself. You didn't try to pray the problem away. You thanked your doctors and your healthcare professionals for taking care of you, not Jesus. Same for other things. You provided your daily bread. You supplied all of your needs, and maybe those of someone else or someone's else, your entire family or friends that were in need. You didn't wait for a powerless God to disappoint you while you prayed. And that's major. Mm. And best of all, you saved 10% of your gross income by switching to not tithing. Wow. And that right there is major news because let me tell you, I still feel like I need that 10%. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I could afford to do a little bit more in terms of charity sponsorships and whatnot. I'm in a position to be able to do it. Most people are not. Yeah. And I still feel like 10% of your money, regardless of how much money you're making, is insane. And hmm. no church deserves that for opening their doors and putting on a service. I'm sorry. They just don't. And this is another one that we touched on just a couple of minutes ago, but I want to put a cap on it. Think for a minute about how much less a threat hell seems to you now. Admit that you might have worried about it a little bit, but at the end of the day, you never really believed in it. And I think that any evangelical coming out of this doing just the tiniest bit of soul searching is going to come to the conclusion that they really never did. Mm -hmm. Most Christians don't, or else they follow the rules more closely, period. Contemplate how much stock you used to put in the concept of hell. And then think about how you look at it now. Does it feel silly? Well, good, because it is. Does it still needle at you a little bit? Well, you know what? Go back and re-listen to episode 31 because we talk about this subject in that episode. And it wouldn't hurt to read some scholarly secular books on the history of the doctrine of hell, yeah. because if anything is going to put the thought out of your head once and for all, it's understanding where it all came from. Yeah. So that's important. Knowledge is power and it removes power from the wrong hands. Mm -hmm. So there is that. And along those lines, keep educating yourself, get smarter about the things that they try so desperately to get you to believe. Continue building your own counter-apologetic. It's important. Become more confident in your ability to argue the counterpoint. Logic, reason, and fact are always easier weapons than emotion and opinion will ever be. Keep the cross behind you and the world before you. This God that they want you to believe in is puny at best. The world around you 
is very big. And life has way more to offer you than this religion ever will, especially when you consider what they're really offering you for an eternity. You can go back just one episode to episode 30 for more on that one, because we did two episodes, one on heaven and one on hell. Mm-hmm. And in case you didn't get around to listening to that episode yet, spoiler alert, you are being dealt a very, very raw deal if you believe what the Bible says about heaven. Mm-hmm. So go back to episode 30 for more on that. And here's an important one going forward into the next year and into the presidential election next year. Stay angry. Angry is good sometimes. Stay angry at the state of our government in the U.S., whether you live here or not. But if you live here, do something about it. This is supposed to be a representative government. Both sides should, like I said a minute ago, be considering both sides, but they don't. The Supreme Court is supposed to be acting by the rule of law, and they are not. I'm glad that the red wave didn't happen, but the simple fact that so many religious and secular sources saw it coming tells me that these people still think that they have more influence than they actually do. If you voted in the midterms and you voted against their agenda, good for you. You are part of the solution. But remember, please remember that none of us can afford to be complacent right now. It wasn't about one election. It's about being committed to your representative government representing you. The other side still has too much power. That can still change. If more of us get up off those fucking couches and do something about it. And you know what? If you stay focused on these things, you will keep steering the ship toward having a better life and creating a better world around you. We have a lot of work to do this year. We have to keep working on ourselves. We have to keep sending the message that our voices and opinions matter. And we have to keep exposing the stupidity of the other side's positions on everything from abortion to climate change to all things science. And at the individual level, it's all about looking forward and not looking back. It's all about creating a future that gives us the abundant life that this religion promises but never delivers. Yes, look back to learn, but learn. And move forward with the knowledge that you gained. We have the responsibility to continuously challenge their definition of love and showing what that is, what it means, and what it entails. Because if there's one thing that evangelicalism gets flat out dead wrong, it's that. These are the things that keep us moving forward. Keeping our eyes steady on the future without forgetting the past and resolving, I'll even use the word, to make our lives and our world a little bit better. These are the things that move us forward and they're the things that help us and the world around us stay a course that leads to getting and staying Unbound. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Unbound. Show topics are chosen based on their timeliness, relevance, and social impact. Have suggestions for future topics? Email us at unbound.podcast.network at gmail.com with all your comments and feedback. Please don't forget to like, share, and throw a few five-star ratings our way and follow us on all major social platforms. And don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already. Links to our social pages as well as a full list of cited sources in today's episode are listed in the show notes available at our website, getunbound.org. That's get-unbound.org. If you value this resource and would like to see it continue, please consider supporting us on Patreon at the link in the show description. And be sure to check for new updates every Sunday when we'll come together again and take one more step toward getting and staying unbound. Unbound.